Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning, it's good to see you all. We just wanted you to know that the air conditioning does work. Last week we were warm, today we're a little cool, you know, so it's an average thing, so next week it'll be just right. Goldilocks. Justin, thank you for you and the band and for all that you do. Would you thank them for being as an incredible worship team you do to make this, this service um, as as worshipful as it is. So today I want to spend a little time talking to you about two things that the Lord has given to us and we call them sacraments. Um, they are baptism and communion. Uh, you may have grown up in a church or a background, maybe you heard instead of the word sacrament, you might have heard the word ordinance, which is a good word. It's, it's also a really good, important word. But we use the word sacrament to talk about communion and baptism simply because the word sacrament means holy. The word sacrament means it's a holy experience. It is, it is God's desire to, to be in relationship with us. So by the sacraments, by you and I choosing to participate in the sacraments, we have an opportunity to be in closer proximity to God. We have an opportunity to be closer to Him. Uh, when you hear about the word ordinances, it's not a bad word, but you know there's a lot of ordinances in our city. Ordinances are things that man declares to be an ordinance, where we say with a sacrament, it is something that God has set before us and said, I want you to keep this holy. I want you to make this holy. And we celebrate that in baptism. We celebrate that in communion. And we're going to look at that in just a few moments. And so with this idea of baptism, um, the central thing behind baptism, and you see before you today, this is the first time we've used this here. We have our, our baptismal tub. Uh, it's not really a pool because you can't really do laps in it, but we can do so. We call it a tub, um, and, and we, we're going to get to experience this today with with Carson and Colby Crenshaw. And it's going to be a great opportunity to to do that. Y'all get to break it in uh, for us. Um, but with baptism, what we're talking about is just this. It's this idea that the central thing behind it all is that there's this relationship that God has with us through Jesus. And he wants to reconcile us to this relationship. He's calling us into this. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. Because, you know, depending on the background you grew up in and the church you grew up in, I want to offer you today, in case you didn't know it, this is the United Methodist Church. And I want to share with you today the understanding of baptism and communion in regard to the United Methodist Church. And one of the things that, that uh, we would say, and I think all faiths would say, all doctrines and, and backgrounds would say, is this, regarding baptism, we are merely participants. We are just participants in this sacrament. Um, we do not, my participation, your participation, Carson, Colby, or Natalie's participation in baptism today, they don't make baptism holy. Their desire to be baptism, God's not waiting on the side that's going, I can't wait for Carson to get baptized because now it's going to be holy because Carson finally did it. You know, up until now, it hasn't been holy at all. I needed Carson to do it. That's right, Natalie. <laughs> Same thing. We don't make the sacrament holy. God makes 
the sacrament of baptism holy. We get to participate in it. I mean, that's glorious that we get to participate in something that God set up for us. And he calls us into this, this understanding, this visible experience. You know, water, it's cleansing. Water makes, takes you from stinking to smelling pretty good. Right? Water, it quenches you when you're thirsty. Water is life. Water is life. And Jesus gave us the sacrament of baptism to represent the life that he gives. And we get to participate in that. What a glorious opportunity for us to do that. So we don't make baptism holy. Here's another thing about baptism that I think it's important for us to know. Uh, baptism doesn't save you. Uh, baptism doesn't suddenly make you saved. Baptism doesn't suddenly bestow upon you um, uh, eternal life. Baptism is a recognition of what God has done. In the church, in the United Methodist Church, we talk about means of grace. There are ways in which God uh, works in our lives. He works before we ever know it. He works while we're right in the middle of it, and He's actually paving a way ahead of us. And, and we talk about these means of grace. Baptism is one of the ways that God is saying, I am in relationship with you through Jesus. I bring new life. I bring cleansing to the dirty places. This is a recognition of that. So by participating in baptism, you don't automatically get saved. Think about this. That would mean every time we got came around water, we suddenly get saved, right? Every time you took a bath, oh, I got saved again. Yay, it was Saturday. I took my Saturday bath, so I got saved on Saturday. We don't view water as what is the saving mode. Jesus does the saving. Um, so in the United Methodist Church, uh, and, and, and a few others participate in this, well, we don't rebaptize people. Because, again, it's God's work that makes baptism holy. It's not our work. And so if you, have, if you were baptized as an infant and then later on, or as a small kid later on, you're like, man, I didn't really get it, and now I really want to live into this now, and I really want to live this life for Jesus, and I, and I, I want to do away with the old things and be in the new. We say that is, yay! But you don't got to get wet again. Because the baptism in the water isn't doing the saving. The baptism in the water isn't suddenly going to make your life amazing. It's about the heart matter. We talked about this last week in our Easter service. God has made a way for us to be in relationship with him, but each and every one of us as individuals have to want it for ourselves. And that's why today we celebrate with Carson and Colby because they are at an age where they're saying, Jesus is my Lord. I know what Jesus has done for me. Jesus makes new life available for me. Even you, Carson. Even you, Colby. He does. And they're able to say that. We're going to celebrate baptism for this little Natalie over here who's just climbing all over Grandpa. He's doing a good job. And she is not in that place. But here's the deal, folks. Baptism doesn't save Natalie. Baptism doesn't save Carson or Colby. God has already saved us through Jesus. We have to choose to enter into that saving relationship. So what's going to happen today with Natalie then and her baptism is that Andrew and Laura, her parents, are saying, we recognize the importance of Jesus in her life. And we want to raise her in the church. We want to raise her with, with, a God, with godly parents and, and, and godly friends and family. And we, we are doing this, recognizing the work that God has done for Natalie today. And when she is old enough, she's going to declare Jesus is her Lord. Maybe a confirmation. Maybe when she's eight. Maybe when she's 18. 
hopefully before that, Natalie, because you could really make a lot of really bad decisions before 18 if you don't know Jesus. So we're going to work on that. But see, the water is not the saving. It's a means of grace that God has recognized for us. And he says, I want to be in relationship with you. And here is a way you can I want you to see this. I want you to touch it. I want you to feel it. I bring life. I bring life. And so we celebrate um, this. Hey, I want you to hear this. Whether the water, and, and oh, there's another thing I want to say. Uh, and, and this would kind of come into play here. The mode, the way it's done, the how. Whether it's sprinkled or poured or dumped. Whether it's immersed. Again, what makes this holy is not the, the, the manner in which it's done. God makes it holy. Um, the wind, the age. We don't make that holy. God has given us the sacrament of baptism. And we recognize the work that God has done. Baptism doesn't save us. It's an opportunity for us to recognize the work that God is doing in our lives. So all of this is a recognition of this. Here's what Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39 say. Uh, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So we want that one day for Natalie to say those words. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So see, in, in the United Methodist Church, we recognize infant baptism. It's a recognition of the work and the grace of God. Baptism of a, of a, a young person or an adult who's able to answer for themselves, uh, to be able to say the words, yes, to Jesus. Um, we recognize that this is a, a call of Christ in their life, and, and they are saying, that's mine. I'm accepting that. And so we want to recognize that now. We want to, we want to celebrate that uh, with Natalie. So let's begin with baptism. I've got my, my stage crew coming to help me out with this, because we've got, got a lot of moving pieces together this morning. Children, 
a place among the people of God, a holy privilege that must not be denied them. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus, and he said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. So Andrew and Laura are here today presenting their child, Natalie Claire Crook, to be baptized. And since baptism, Natalie, is a sacrament, and this is a sacred time in the life of, of you and your mom and dad, and all of us as a community of faith. We believe that Christ has given the Holy Sacrament as a sign and a seal of a new covenant. Christian baptism signifies for Natalie God's gracious acceptance on the basis of provenient grace, the grace that comes before. It's an acknowledgement of God's grace at work in the life of her, within the care of her parents and her extended family, and under the nurture of this community of faith. So Andrew and Laura, I ask you this question, and by the fact that you're standing up here on the stage, I think I know the answer, but do you desire for your child to be baptized today? In presenting this child for baptism, you are hereby witnessing to your own personal Christian faith. Andrew and Laura, do you announce your faith in Jesus Christ and show that you, are, that you want to study him, know him, love him, and serve him as a disciple, and that you want Natalie to do the same? Andrew and Laura, will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself to profess her faith openly and to lead a Christian life? If so, answer, with God's help, we will. <laughs> I have a question for you as, as Natalie's family. Nurturing Natalie is it's not only the duty of Andrew and Laura, but it's also the responsibility of you, her extended family. Do you all, as members of her family, agree to Andrew and Laura and to precious Natalie your unqualified love and care and to share the responsibility for the physical and spiritual nurture of this child? If so, will you answer, I will. And to the congregation, I ask you, brothers and sisters of this household of faith, as representatives of the community that welcomes Natalie, you also have responsibilities to her. People of God, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Natalie in your care? Will you surround this family with love? Will you pray for them and assist Andrew and Laura in raising Natalie in the Lord? If so, answer, with God's help, we will. is an outward and a visible sign of an inward and a spiritual grace signifying new life. <laughs> Natalie Claire, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May God work in you, little sister, to bring you into the full saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And may he bless you and your mom and daddy. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. People of God, I present to you little Miss Natalie Claire. Would you say hello to her?
once the Crenshaw uh, family came on up. Carson Colby can come stand over here by the steps.
And, and they want to make that declaration. It, is a, it signifies new life in Christ. And now, as we move on to our other sacrament, we're going to consider communion now. Thank you, Shanna, Casey, and Emily for doing that. So the other sacrament we celebrate in the church is the sacrament of Holy Communion. Depending on uh, your faith background, where you grew up, there's a lot of different names for communion. It's, it's often called um, the Lord's Supper, or some faiths call it the Eucharist, um, communion, Holy Communion. But they all signify one thing, and it's this, a meal. It's a gathering at a table. It's a recognition. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, there are things that we need in life to sustain us. And a lot of us might say that, oh, well, I, I gotta have my, I gotta have Netflix. I can't survive without Netflix, you know. Or man, I gotta have air conditioning, right? I can't bake without AC. But the reality is, there's three things that we need in this life: food, water, and shelter. If we're gonna make it, there's three things we need: food, represented by communion; water, represented by baptism; and shelter. You think about this in regard to being under the covering of the Lordship of Jesus Christ is the greatest shelter any of us could ever have. And then you consider these sacraments of baptism and communion. And so as we look at this meal, whatever your faith background may have called it, it's about a meal. It's about coming together and, and sharing at the table. And, and I want you to understand this about communion in the, in the United Methodist churches. It is an open table. It is a table open for all who desire to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We don't shut this down. There's not a secret handshake. This isn't a members-only thing. This table is open to all. I want you to think about this for a minute. Three of the four Gospels, three of the four Gospels have Judas at the Last Supper. Judas participated in the Passover meal. Now, three out of the four Gospels. The other one's a little bit vague. So I'm just guessing, based on the gospel accounts, that Judas was present. I mean, think about that for a minute, because this table was open to all. Jesus even allowed Judas to be present. This is what it tells me, because I've done this before. I've, I've been in places. I grew up. I grew up in a faith where, where if you if you hadn't done a few things that week, if you hadn't gone to confession and and, and done a few things and prayed 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 the rosary, that you're not supposed to take communion that week. And so I would sit there in Mass, and as other people were coming to receive, I would remain seated. What I love about the doctrine of, of the United Methodist Church is the table is open for all. None of us are perfect. I mean, think about that. If, if, if you had to be perfect to come and receive communion today, who would come and receive it? Who would serve it? Who would have been here to unlock the door this morning? <laughs> Nobody. The table is open to all. All who desire to be in relationship with God. And so we come, and we don't come to take communion. We come to receive it. We come to receive it with our hands outstretched. So if, if you think there might be a secret handshake, this is the only one. It's just your hands outstretched coming to receive. And there'll be a person who will serve you, and they'll take that bread, and they will say words something like this, the body of Christ broken for you. And we come in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. And then you, you take the bread from your hand, and you dip it in the cup. Remembering the shed blood of Jesus Christ for you. See, Jesus calls us to a table. He uses these physical elements like water. He uses these elements like bread and juice to draw us into a closer proximity with him. Because remember, a sacrament is holy. 
He, God is calling us into a holy relationship with Him. And He gives us these things that we can touch, that we can feel. Carson felt that water a little while ago. That we can taste. God calls us into a relationship with Him. And so I want you to hear this today before we receive communion and participate in this together. Is that all are welcome who desire to be in relationship with God. One of the most glorious uh, experiences I had... And we were still over in the fellowship hall. There had been a, a college guy, a young adult guy, who had been coming for a while, and he just wasn't sure about the Jesus thing. But he had been for a couple of times when we had, had communion. And on one particular Sunday when we had it, I saw him over at the kneelers that were up near the stage, and he was just there. And you know, you could, you, you know how you know when someone's kind of crying and the shoulders are doing the move, and his shoulders were doing the cry. And I just knew it, and I was like, I know something's going on deeply with him. And, and afterwards, I talked to him, and he that him coming and receiving that day was his salvation moment. I mean, he will tell you, when did you come into a knowledge of Christ? When did you accept it on your own? And he'd say, that day that I came forward to receive communion, because I realized what Jesus had done for me. See, what if we had said, no, you can't come? The table is open for all who desire to be in relationship. You know, the beautiful thing about, about baptism and about communion is that there are things that you and I can see and touch. And on this side of heaven, besides another human being who loves the Lord, this is the closest to God we're going to get. And sometimes, I admit, me too, we kind of run through the motions. We kind of go through the motions. You know, there, there, there are some in here you might be able to say, yeah, actually I've been baptized seven times. You know, it's like, when did it count? I don't know. You know, we just kind of go through the motions. There are times when we, we get in line for communion and it's more like a buffet than it is about coming and, and remembering, coming and, and, and being closer to God. Because that's what a sacrament is. It's holy. God desires for us to be closer to Him. He's gone as far as he can go, which is all the way. All that you and I have to do is make that, that, that mental, that, that emotional, that, that spiritual step of saying yes to him. I want you to hear these words today that we don't often do liturgy in here uh, when, we, when we prepare for communion. But I wanted to share with you today these words as you prepare yourself to receive, as we all prepare to receive. Almighty and most gracious Father, with thankful hearts we praise you for the patient love and forgiving grace which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are truly amazed when we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. Not only did he step into the human flesh, which we share, and experience the power of temptation which we face, but he also accept, accepted the penalty which we are due and was nailed to a cross which we all deserve. He died that we might never know eternal death. He died that we might never be separated from you. He died that our sins might forever be washed away and that we might be made whole. He rose on the third day to bring life to us all. We thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for his grace. We thank you for his holy presence here now in our midst. On the night before Jesus died for us, he gathered together with his disciples. He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May we respond by faith to the grace we have received, and may we always be ready to profess our faith in Jesus to all whom we meet. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So now as we prepare ourselves to receive communion, I want to remind you of the words we just read and the words that Jesus said. This bread represents my body, which has been broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And this cup represents the poured out blood of Jesus Christ, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. I will ask those who are serving to come, and as they come and I serve them, that you would take a few moments in quiet reflection and confession and prepare your hearts to come and receive. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.